Welcome to the hour of excellent studio Presley, where we feature outstanding dignitaries, superlatives, also who can provide information to extend our knowledge, because we know knowledge is power. As we continue our observance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 95th birthday, we have a special guest, Mr. Jeff Hampton, Lake City Tax Assessor, who would enlighten us on the responsibility of his office. Welcome, Mr. Jeff Hampton. I'd like for you to tell us something about you, because if we see your name in the history book, we know that we heard from Mr. Jeff Hampton on this day. So tell us something that would go into the history book about you and your family. Thank you, Ms. Presley, for having me on. Uh, it's a great honor to me. But uh, I am your Columbia County property appraiser. You mentioned Lake City. We, we, we are in Columbia County, which is the, the further north part of the Florida is where we lie at. And uh, where sometimes, you know, the location in Florida, maybe the, the people may be a little bit different or everything's a little bit different economically and stuff, but the, the, the laws and stuff that we abide by here in our office is still the same. You know, if you're in Miami-Dade County or if you're out in Franklin, out in the west part of the county. But I am, uh, I've been a long-time resident. I've been here my whole life in Columbia County, and along with about three or four generations ahead of me. And uh, I have a lovely wife, Judy Hampton, and I have a son and a daughter, Justin and Kayla Hampton. And uh, they're, they're, they're ones in school still, college, and uh, trying to better themselves. And uh, I've been in the office here for this May, would be 34 years in May. And uh, I've been elected the last, this will be my eighth year being elected. Okay, thank you very, very much. Now, Mr. Hampton, you said something about you've been in, in uh, the office there. You have staff members. What can you share with us some of the things that you you uh, make them feel comfortable coming to work? Well, then coming to work and looking to see whether or not your car is parked in your particular place. We want you to tell us what you do and make to make your staff feel as if they are truly someone special. Well, first of all, by staff, they are truly special. They are very knowledgeable. And, uh, and they're experts in their line of what they do here in this office. You know, everybody has played a different role, but it's got so uh, precise in the different things they do, but that they are special to me. And uh, one of the things we do, we are, we, I try to make it just as stressless as possible for them when they come into work. Uh, we're a very uh, family-oriented office. When I say that, we have, uh, we've always, um, the, the property appraiser before me was Mr. Cruz, Doyle Cruz, and he was here 32 years as the elected official. And so I worked under him, and a lot of these guidelines and such, you know, uh, some of the traits that he had as well. You know, we're family-oriented. We, we always try to take care of our employees that have children and the employees that have elderly parents, you know, so any time that they need to go and take care of their children or their parents, uh, we, don't, we don't hold them here. They, you know, that's important to do, take care of them first. And so I reckon that's one of the things that we try to do here is to, to make it stress-free for them. For them. And they, um, for the most part, I think they all enjoy coming to work. Very good. That sounds like a, a wonderful atmosphere. Do you ever give them snacks or oh, yeah. eat them breakfast oh, yeah. we, or lunch? We, we do have, uh, we got like 20 or 21 employees now, so we got birthdays spread out all through the months. And uh, once a month, we're for sure having birthday uh, breakfast. And uh, I would say probably at least once a week, we're having breakfast here or some kind of luncheon. But yeah, they, they always, we always love our food, you know, so. Oh, wonderful. You say you have birthday breakfast. Now, what if what if and a person drops in maybe to do some kind of business with you and you're having a birthday party and it's on their birth birth month? Do they have do do they do are they free to rap on the door and say, "May I join you?" 
Man, we, we, yeah, we sure do. We've had that happen before. People will be here, you know, filing homestead or something like that, and, and they'll come in the middle of our uh, little birthday luncheon uh, or breakfast, you know, and so we, we'll invite them. Some, some will eat and some don't, you know, but we always offer it to them. Thank you very much. I remember that. So if you see me come by in the month of April and rap on your door, then I remember that you said that today. Okay, thank you for being wonderful. Now, Mr. Hampton, is the property appraiser an elected position or an appointed position? It is It is an elected position. Uh, I think for the most part, the whole state has been. Um, I think Miami-Dade, Volusia, maybe one other county, they were appointed uh, for a number of years, but the the legislator passed some laws a few couple of years ago where it says that it, it must be elected. Yep, so we are elected here. We elected, uh, we've got four-year terms, and uh, we run with the president. So whenever the presidents uh, are running, it's the same time that we're running for office. Very good, very good. You can elaborate as long as you want to on any of these questions because okay. our ears are open and we are seeking knowledge, and, I, and you know that knowledge is power, and you seem to have a lot of knowledge to share with us. So don't be selfish. Share it with us because we are, we are good listeners. Now, Mr. Hampton, how would you go about evaluating a property? Well, first of all, we... Um we required to go to your property. The uh, Department of Revenue oversees us, and they are overseen by the Auditor General for the state. And so the governor is directly over our office here. We're not controlled by the county uh, or anything like that, so we are constitutional officers. So the governor is directly above us. The, uh, to evaluate a piece of property, we when people pull permits to build such as to build uh, pools, additions, to build a home, to put a mobile home in or something like that. That's one way that triggers us to go out to a piece of property. But we would um, we look at all the sales. And to, to evaluate a piece of property, though, the main thing is, is we look at the footprint of the home. We have to go out there and measure it um, to get the square feet, then we would measure what the, you know, if you had a garage or porches, all that has to be measured and all calculated to different values, you know, to get the final value of your home. And if there's any outbuildings, garages and stuff like that, we got, we have to do our own research, you know, to see what that, what the market is on those things. You know, when prices of all your goods go up, of course it makes the values of the homes go up. And a lot of times the, the, um, the sales will reflect that, you know, because you can see the times that we're in right now. Homes are selling for double, even more double than what they were about five years ago. So that's how we would have to do it, was just to uh, calculate, just like you was getting a, an, an appraiser to come get a bank loan. We would do it the same way. But it's uh, we're having to do about, you know, we're still considered a small county, but we've got about 40,000 parcels where some of the other counties south of us in the south part of the state, you know, they got two or three hundred thousand parcels. So, but that's how we would have to, to do the uh, do the appraisal. Okay, very good. Now, you might have said it, but when you go out to do an appraisal, do you notify the property owner? Or are you going to show up? Uh, no, we we can't. Um, some, sometimes when we get to a gate, and you know, the, most people's gates are locked now, um, which is fine. I, I don't blame them. You know, the, some of the times that we're living in here, but you know, when the gate's locked and we need to get in, uh, we would contact them. But when our field guys go out, you know, on a daily basis, it's just I reckon the logistics of it is hard to to uh, notify everyone ahead of time of, of actually what day they would, would get there or what time they would get there, you know. So you don't want to mess people's, their daily routines up. But most of the time when we get to a home, people are very welcome because they want their, they want their uh, information that we have to be correct. Because, like I said, we we supposed to visit a house every five years, and there's a lot of things that can go on five years. You know, people will remove stuff or, 
and stuff gets damaged and gets changed the value of it. So some, most of the times they don't mind us coming on the property. Okay. All right. In brief, what is what did you say the role of the property appraiser office was? What did you say it was? Okay, yeah, well, as the Columbia County property appraiser, and along with all the other property appraisers in the state, you know, we're responsible for identifying, locating, and fairly valuing all the property. Now, that's real estate and personal property, and we'll touch on personal property, you know, a little bit later on, I think. But uh, within that, within their counties, we, and our main goal is to uh, search the market value. You know, the market value of real property is based on the current real estate market. You know, finding the market value of property means discovering the price most people would pay for your property. You know, so it's 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 not some some sales are unqualified. You know, which means people pay too much or they got a good deal. So we're looking for what the market is. And that means discovering the price that most people would pay for your property. Determining the fair and equitable value is the only role this office has in the taxing process. The property appraiser does not create the value. People make the value by buying and selling real estate in the marketplace. So, you know, we don't, we're appraising by what things are, you know, buying, you know, the buying and selling real estate. That sets the market. You know, and we also have the legal responsibility of studying those transactions and to appraise the property accordingly. We also track all ownership changes, maintain the maps and the parcel boundaries of every piece of property because it all fits together like a puzzle. I mean, you know, it has to fit together. Sometimes there's gaps, and when you got those gaps in between properties, you know, your you know your legal descriptions aren't correct or something's not quite right. And uh, we approve all applications, you know, all the, the legislative uh, exemptions that are out there that people have that the statutes change, we have to maintain all the exemptions and other forms of property tax relief. Analyze, like I say, analyze the sale prices, construction costs, what it, what rents are. So, you know, and all this has to be done economically because what we do here is about a tenth of what it would cost you to hire someone to independently appraise your property. Okay, very good. Your elaboration uh, put another question in my head. Okay. Where all, <clears throat> where all does my tax dollars go? Your tax dollars go, now, in this county, it's pretty simple, but some of the other counties throughout the state have lots of more taxing authorities. And uh, like I said, we, our role is to place a value. Then all your taxing authorities... Um, levy a millage rate. And a millage rate is just a simple multiplier against your value to determine how much taxes you pay. Now, here, your tax dollars go to about half of it, you know, is going to the county. And uh, the county has services such as their sheriff's department, uh, their parks and recreations, and a road department to maintain all the roads. And that's basically where most of your tax dollars go for your property taxes, and the rest of it, the large portion of that, which would be almost nearly half of it, would be go to your schools. You have a, a school, a local tax, and a school state tax. And what other, uh, any other taxing authorities that you may have, but here would be uh, like Swanee River Water Management uh, levies a small amount of tax because they're multi-county. In the same way with uh, like the St. John's River Water Management and some of the other managements in the state, um, the the city the city levies a tax. So if you live within the city limits here in Lake City, you would uh, you would pay about four more dollars for every thousand dollars of your value. So the city levies a tax because they have their own fire department and uh, police department and, and roads and such. So if you live in the city, you're paying about four meals more than anyone else in the county. All right. Thank you for your expertise. Now, Mr. Hampton, what is, and I heard about this, TPP and centrally assessed? Okay, yeah. TPP stands for tangible personal property. And what that is, that is another role that we have here, like I mentioned earlier, that uh, 
we have to place a value on, and what that is is anything that a business uses in their office, in their restaurants, in their uh, whatever line of business it would be. Like if it was in a restaurant, it would be their computer equipment, their cooking equipment, uh, even the plates, chairs, tables, and all that good stuff, you know, what they call furniture and fixtures. And uh, all that has to be put a value on because they have to pay a tax on that as well. And um, we have a couple people here to track that too. And, and, the, and the good thing about that is we don't have to go out there and count all this stuff or do that. It is, it is turned into us, the, the uh, businesses turn it into us each year. And those documents are out there now. They, they were mailed uh, around July. I mean, January is when they're mailed out, and they fill out a return to list all those items for us. And generally, they have CPAs that handle that, or if they're a large corporation, they got people in in their organization okay. that handles all that. Okay, very us. good. And as we said, knowledge is power, and you giving us a knowledge knowledge today, and we appreciate that. We really appreciate it. Now, what kind of exemptions are available? Kind of exemptions. Okay, that's a great question. We have lots. I don't say lots, but there's there, there's all kinds of exemptions to for to provide people that you know that would get a tax break. You know, the main thing is your homestead exemption, and that that exempts you for for a long time. It's always been twenty five thousand, but last few years it was changed. Uh, you know, to give you an extra an extra twenty five thousand. So if you're in the county, you're exempt 50000 um, There's actually legislation ongoing right now. And um, in, the, uh, in, in the 2024 year here, to change some more of that legislation, to give you an extra twenty five or an extra fifty. Now, whether that's going to pass this year or not, we don't know. But that, that would be a huge tax relief for people. But we have uh, veterans' exemptions. Um, if you have to be... Uh, uh, 10% disability, at least 10%, and that gets you uh, an exemption. Now, we have other veterans exemptions that are uh, tied to combat-related, and the combat-related uh, exemptions are you have to be 65 or older, and it's income-driven, uh, and it has to be, there's a couple of those couple of small things that you have to bring to us. But basically what that there is, um, whatever your percentage is, if, you're, if your disability is 70%, for instance, you're exempt 70%. It's just the way it calculates out. It's a huge savings. Um, I would have to check back real quick here on that, but I don't, maybe, maybe it's not income. I don't believe that one is income-driven. The only income-driven we have is uh, what we call our seniors exemption. Our seniors exemption is um, something that provides, you know, a huge tax break to our senior citizens here in the county. Now, not every county has it, but Columbia County does have it. Um, we have um, it exempts you another fifty thousand, depending on your value. So if you if you lived in the county and your value of your home and everything is over a hundred thousand, you are exempt from the county a hundred thousand. But if you're only exempt at say eighty thousand, you're going to be exempt eighty. So that's the way it works out. The Columbia in Columbia County, you get fifty thousand of your senior exemption. And this year, the, the, the average income or the income requirement changes. And this year, it's a little over thirty six thousand. That's your uh, adjusted gross income, which is the very bottom line. If you file income tax, it's down there. I believe it's after Social Security, and it, it depends on how you do your social, your income tax. But it's the very bottom line. The adjusted gross income has to be below that thirty-six thousand mark. And uh, the old some other exemptions we do have is uh, widow, widower, blind. Uh, there's some Social Security exemptions. All those for years and years for the last. 30 or 40 years has always been a $500 exemption. Legislation passed, I believe it was last year. Now, all those exemptions are $5,000 exemptions. So it used to save you about $8. Now it's saving you $80 off your tax bill. So that is another huge uh, tax break. 
Uh, there's lots of other ones right now that are on the table in Tallahassee. The legislators are trying to, whether they're going to pass them or not. Some is to help the the spouses of uh, first responders and such as uh, some combat or, or veteran um, veterans to be their spouses, which their spouses do get their benefits uh, after they pass away here now already, but they're changing some way, way some of that's worded. Very good. Now, Mr. Hampton, where can I find all of these exemptions? Where can I find a list of them? Well, first of all, you can go to our, we have a, a brand new website that we introduced last week. Um, it is www.ccpafl.com. That one right there has all the information you need. It has all of our frequently asked questions, or it has an exemption tab that will tell you every exemption that we have and the requirements and what you have to do and when to file them. Thank you. Now, Mr. Hampton, you were talking, you got a lot of senior citizens in the audience and everything. You need to say that again, maybe twice. Tell us that website again, www.what? CCPA, that's in Cat, Cat, Paul, and Lily. I use the L to Lily, but it's CCPAFL.com. Or you can just type in the Columbia County Property Appraiser. Uh, you can Google that, and it will come up. Okay, very or good. Thank you. You can call us. We, we have uh, uh, Pinky Timmons here handles our senior citizens. Uh, exemptions, and she would be more than happy to help you out. Very good. Do you have an exemption that's called pain and suffering for educators? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm serious, Mr. Well, they, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it if they don't funny. have it, they need to think seriously about it. Oh, now, what it were you sounds, saying I went across? You were giving me, what were you saying? We have pain and suffering, uh, that should be considered. There was a bill last year uh, for school teachers uh, give them another twenty five thousand dollar exemption, but it didn't. It didn't quite pass. I mean, it it had to be voted on. I believe it was on the election, but it didn't quite pass. But they wanted oh, to wait. Get the who 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 voted on it? Did the teachers vote on it? Who voted on it? So it we can. Whole, yeah, it was the whole state. Okay. Yeah. Now, is there any way that they can come before? the 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 um, voters again because I think they should be considered. I don't know pain and suffering uh, educators. Yeah, I don't know that it it um it was a good thing, but I think what the problem was is was the school teachers are special, but there were some other people said, well, my my occupation is special too, you know. So you know they got to where you know what about this one or this one or this one. But uh, they wanted I think it's something that the uh, the governor wanted because they, they needed better school teachers in here, and they, it was an incentive to get school teachers to come to the state of Florida, I believe, is what the whole motive was behind it. But, yeah, the, the, well, this, the past teachers, they're just as important. But whatever suggestion or whatever statement that they made, there's every profession has to go by a teacher. Yeah. Now, I'm not, and I need a podiatrist. But everybody needs a teacher, so I don't see why the argument should have been that flimsy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, I know had you made the um, decision, you would have said yes, because oh, yeah. you're just wonderful. But we won't elaborate on that because we know that you're a wonderful, considerate person Yeah, with a lot of knowledge. But anyway, anybody who's listening, think about it. Think about bringing it before the legislature, wherever it needs to be brought before. That consideration should be given to the teachers because everyone needs the service of a teacher. But everyone might not need a service of a, uh, maybe um, another occupation. Okay, I'm not talking because I'm being narrow-minded. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that, but I'm talking out of concern. But thank you very much for your explanation. You did a good job of explaining that, Mr. Hampton. We appreciate you very much. Yes. Yeah. Now, okay. is there anything you need to say on that point before we move on? No, that was, that's good. Okay, then. Now, how does the Save Our Homes CAP 
work. Okay. Save Our Homes was something that was uh, created, and it was voted on and passed, you know, and it's been around for a long time, uh, since early, sometime in the 90s. And what that cap does is, like, when we're appraising your home, and uh, whatever year that was, it capped that value. And, this, and the law says that it can't go no more than 3% a year. So, you know, if you're a $100,000 property and the market shoots up, you know, we track the market. The market's still going to go up to 150000 but what you pay taxes on is only going to go up 3%. So you would pay taxes on 103000 versus 150000 So it caps your property, and it's been capped all those years, and the max, like I said, is 3% a year. And there's actually legislation um, this year to change that to 2 or they are wanting to do a, uh, an adjustment on your exemption to take, uh, take consideration of inflation, so which would increase your exemption as well. So all those, all those bills are out there right now, just which ones are going to get passed or not. But the Save Our Homes cap has saved a lot of people a lot of money because, like I said earlier, that the values of properties are all over this state have either, you know, especially since the 90s, have easily tripled or more. But even the last five years, like I said, they've, they've, they've doubled, and it's kept the tax base down for the taxpayer, you know, where they cannot, they didn't have to pay taxes on the true market value. But, um, and we'll have another part of the question, or I'll just go right into it, you know, the, the cap, where the cap works, <coughs> excuse me, there is a, a part of the legislation that come in effect in 2008 that was made it portable because what happened was was people in say like in south part of south part of the state wanted to move or anywhere there'd be anybody that wanted to move when the law says when you when you sell your property and file a homestead somewhere else the cap comes off so you may be having a you may your taxes may triple just because you moved and nobody, because the market shot up in 2005, 6, 7, you know, and so they passed a law then that said that, well, whatever Save Our Homes cap you have, you get to transfer it as long as you stay within the state. So you can move across the road, across the county. You can move across the state somewhere. When you file a homestead in the other county, for instance, um, one of the questions they're going to ask is, you have homestead somewhere else in the state, you know, and if so, then we contact that county to see what your capped amounts were, and we transfer that cap amount to here. So if you moved across the state somewhere and your value is, is pretty well equal, you're going to pay the same amount of tax, you know, based on village rates, but your value is going to stay the same. So if you had 100000 dollar property down there in in Miami-Dade County and come up here and had a piece of property that was 150,000 here and you had 50,000 in portability, you know, that portability just comes up here and it, it is your save our homes differential and we just apply it here when you file a homestead so you get the exact same tax break. Now, if you buy a piece of property that is less we convert it to a percentage, and you still get the same tax break. But that's what we call portability, and that right there is saving a lot of people a lot of money right now. We have a lot of people from South Florida moving here, and they're bringing $200,000 plus in portability, and their, their taxes are either um, staying the same or going down. Okay, very good, because someone was wondering what would happen if they move, do they lose that cap? But I think you just answered that, right? Right. They yes. would not they, lose they it. Move, uh, if they move, it there, there's some there's some technical differences in there. You know, we have to deal with. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes people they divorce and such as that that we have to figure out. You know, who, whose homestead it was, or who's who gets the uh, the amount of portability and all that good stuff. But if it's just a normal case where someone's moving from here to there and they have portability, yes, they do get to carry it with them. Okay. 
Very good. Now, Mr. Hampton, so what is the process if I don't agree with my value or I see something wrong? What is the process? That 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 is a great question. I and we I wish we could get tell everybody that, you know, if 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 they don't agree with something, please come in. That's the first step is to call us or come in and speak with us. Because a lot of times I feel that people people know their property more than we do because sometimes we just can't get on a piece of property. Uh, they know more about the inside of their home than we do because we don't go inside a home. Um, we just know when year the year it was built, you know, and, and, and sometimes we have to use our best judgment on um, the condition and such as that. But especially if you see something is wrong, you know, contact us immediately and we'll see if we can't get that resolved. Uh, we, we see it all the time. You know, we, we, we're human. We make mistakes as well. We will type something in wrong. Uh, believe it or not, you can, as they say, zeros don't have value, but you add a zero on something and hit double, you know, something supposed to be 5,000. When we type it in, we type it in, it's 50,000. So zeros do have value. And uh, so that's what I would recommend is, is to come in and see us. And uh, I'm nine out of ten times we're going to reach an agreement that you'll be happy about. Okay, very good, very good. Now, when you were talking about the exemptions that are available, did you cover everything um, that uh, a person a person is exempt from? Well, let me phrase this way. Who is exempt from paying property taxes in Florida? Did you cover that when you were saying what kind well, of exemptions are available? Or is there anything you need to elaborate on? Well, there, I don't think there's really any. I mean, the um, the only ones that don't pay any tax, well, you know, there, we have exemptions that we didn't even get into that are, um, you know, church, church exemptions, charitable. Uh, you have nonprofit. There's all kinds of those exemptions, and those people... And those entities do not pay any taxes, property taxes, when they qualify for those, you know. Um, but far as, as a taxpayer individual, it would be, uh, I believe it's uh, quadriplegics. Uh, you're 100% total permanent veterans, such as that. They are, uh, they don't pay, and they're, they're exempt from property taxes as well. And the, the veterans, they, uh, it's their spouse's, or carry on that as well, as long as they don't remarry. Okay, thank you. Now, Mr. Hampton, what triggers a property assessment in Florida? Okay, yeah, what triggers a property assessment? Like I said, we, we do go periodically. We, we pick a mile square uh, on a daily basis, and our field guys go out, and they check everybody within that mile. And that's just like our routine, everyday type thing. Um, we got a map that we go by, so it is, it is uh, they put some thought into it, the why we need to be there and when we need to be there. And um, the other ones would be if you pull a permit, you know, to build something, uh, of course we have to do our part and go out there and see what was built. Of course, the permit tells us about everything we need to know. And then while we're there, we will do a um, uh, an appraisal to look at it to make sure everything else looks correct so that we're not, we're not having to come back, you know, a, a year later. So we want to do it right then. And, of course, when a piece of property sells, that that's some well that's one of the main triggers too. So we would uh, we would look at it and see if the sale is in line of what we have the value added. If something is it sells for a whole lot more, we will go out there and sometimes we'll find where people have built stuff, you know, without permits. They have added pools. They've added, uh, we've even found it, they'll add another home or something, you know, like a mother-in-law suite type thing, uh, which is which is all perfectly fine. We just want to get our record straight and correct. Um, other than that, that's that's about it. Or you can call. You just call and say, "Hey, can y'all come visit the property?" Uh, I think my, you know, my appraisal may be wrong, and uh, we would we'll come out. We'll make an appointment with you, 
uh, and go out there to you maybe the same day or the following day, whatever suits you. Okay, you just work with the individual. So now I think someone had asked about uh, entering the property. I think you said something about that earlier. So a tax assessor can't enter a person's property with or without their permission? Well, we are... That that's kind of a, a touchy question, but we we uh we're I'll answer it. We if I if it's the property is posted, we are we do have the the requirement to go and check the piece of property. Now, if we get there, we are not going. To, if there's a sign that says no posted, no trespassing, or we are not going to cross those without getting permission one way or the other. We're not going to put ourselves in that predicament. But uh, I don't know how some of the other counties do it. They, they, they It varies. But we're in a rural county, um, and um, you go out to a piece of property, and the gate's locked. And we do have aerial photography, and it's maintained, uh, you know, pretty accurately, and it's pretty clear. And we can see things that we need to see, and a lot of times that we, we don't need to go on. But we, we do want to get it accurate. We can see a building there, a rooftop, but a lot of times we just don't know what it is, and we want to get it very accurate where someone is not overcessed, you know, on their property. Very to good. Question, to answer your question, if, if it's a posted piece, no trespassing or a gate's locked, we, we will have to make contact with them if we need to go in. Okay, very good. Well, thank you very much. I think that cleared it up. Now, what is the deadline for homestead exemption in Florida for a particular year? The um, if you if you bought a piece of property in 2023, it makes you eligible 2024. So you have to own the property as of January 1st of that year. So if you bought it in 23. You're not eligible for in 23, uh, but the owner you bought it from may have homestead, so you may get benefit of their homestead if they're required to pay the taxes. It just depends on how the title company escrowed their taxes, you know, for their closing. But if someone bought a piece of property in 2023, they're eligible for 2024. That's when you would come in, and uh, the statutory deadline is is dates are January 1st to March 1st. So it gives you two months to get in. But the legislator also passed a few years ago that, you know, for unforeseen reasons, you cannot come in such as you're in a hospital or have some other kind of issues. Um, a lot of times we hear people move from out of state and they're just unaware of homestead exemption because the state they lived their whole life at did not have any kind of exemptions like that. So they're unaware of it. You can come in, still file um, homestead all the way up to well, till we send those trim notices out. The uh, to let you know what your taxes are. It's the 25th day on there, which is sometime in the late September. You still can come in and file homestead or any other exemption. Very good. And once you have homestead exempt, exempt. Homestead, homestead exemption. You don't have to keep reapplying it. You automatically say, "Will sign a notice say you don't have to apply it again, or you have to do it every year." No, no, no it is it is automatic. Uh, same way with agricultural exemptions, they're all automatic. Uh, your seniors' exemptions automatic. Uh, they did try to get it uh, for, for a number of years. Your seniors' exemption was year to year, but it is automatic now. And um, we get you should get a card in the mail. We mailed them out January one. I think all the other counties try to do it as, in around January as well. And um, it'll be a white card, you know, that shows you your exemptions that you have. And if it, sometimes it don't show them all, but they will call and we would verify that they do have their exemptions. Um, and if you have an agricultural classification, you'll get a green card in the mail. So all that stuff's mailed out around January. But, yes, it is automatic. Very good. You unless, might have unless answered unless this, you sell. When oh, you go sell, on. Yeah, When you sell or move, then uh, that triggers, you know, we, we would probably contact you, pick up that, you know, you have a uh, 
a new address, and we will follow up to see if that was um, see if you moved or such. Because that's just some different ways that you could lose your homestead. Oh, okay. Then. You might have answered this already, Mr. Hampton, but how many times can you homestead in Florida? No, I haven't answered that yet, but that's a very good question. We get that all the time. You're only entitled to one homestead, you know, and that's your that's your permanent residence. The um, when I say permanent residence, that's because sometimes people leave. Uh, they would leave and they go extended. You know, the examples that we give, that our attorneys give, you know, is that you, you can go on vacation, you can go, you know, extended stay in a hospital. Or you could go, you may have a second home up north somewhere, and uh, but you're untitled. you got one permanent residence, and that here's where your driver's license, um, that would be the address that's on your driver's license, where you, you're usually registered where you vote at. Um, and so that there will determine where, you, where, where your permanent residence is, you know, usually. But yeah, you're only only entitled to one. There's there's rare cases where um, I think a married couple has. I don't know that we have here any, but I've heard of rare cases where they are they're still married, legally married, but they live separate and they file income tax separate and such as that. But there is some rare cases, but it's largely it's very rare. Very good, Mr. Hampton. Is property tax based on purchase price? Not, not exactly, but it is one of the tools that we do use, you know. So when you, we're, we're trying to find the market of all the homes, and, you know, the purchase price that you have paid for is, is a good indicator. But like I said earlier, sometimes you pay more or you pay less. You know, we won't, we're going to try to, get right there in the middle somewhere because, like I said, people do overpay, and we've been seeing a lot of that here lately. People will move from other states where, you know, their their market is much greater than ours. You know, they will come here with a with a pocket full of money, and, you know, what they're, what they're used to buying in their county or their state, you know, they can come in here and, you know, and, and double size of the home, you know, and still pay less. So that's kind of what I'm alluding to is that, you know, people do overpay and sometimes that people do good, good deals for some reason or another, you know, the home could be, uh, have issues or characteristics that are unknown to us and, and they will pay a lot less than what we have it valued at. So we would go check that out and try to get to the reasoning behind it. And, but for the most part, you're, you're, what you pay for a home, we're going to be, you know, within, 10 to 15 percent under that is where we we are where we try to get at. Okay, very good, um, Mr. Hampton. What techniques have you used to maintain up-to-date knowledge of tax laws and regulations? Well, that's a very good question. We got, I'm, I'm leaving for uh, um, a legislative conference tomorrow, and. Why don't we meet with our attorneys and other property appraisers across the state, and we look at every one of these uh, bills that are out there that's going before the legislator this year to see how it's going to affect taxpayers. Uh, how do we have to adjust? Do we have to have computer programming if it passes? And our computer uh, programming companies that do all of our software have to be prepared for it. So, you know, that when the bill passes that we are ready for it. We have multiple publications here of what the market's going on. The Department of Revenue, like I say, oversees us. They have uh, lots of uh, insight into market and what the markets are doing. And uh, so that's how we would stay ahead of everything. And we, we got very good staff right here that knows what they're doing on their part. We got people that do exemptions. We got people like in our mapping and deed department that study up on the you know, the legislation with the do with the deeds and what has to be done on that and all of our field appraisers, you know, we we uh, we get them qualified. Department of Revenue has these uh, courses to make them a, a certified uh, evaluator for the appraiser's office and they all get all certified through that as well. 
very good. How do I know if my assessment is fair? How do you know if it's fair? Okay. That is a real good question. I mean, we, when, when <laughs> okay. someone comes in, when someone comes in, that's what they want to do. So we would just say, hey, well, let's just look around to see. In a lot of times they would have homes that they, they pick out. Well, so-and-so's taxes are less than mine. Well, let's look at the let's look at the the markets. Like I said, the markets what we track, and that's a very good because if your assessment is fair, if they don't believe it's fair, they want to come in. Now, one of the questions that we may ask is, you know, well, you know, how does how does our value that we have it valued at here, how does it line up with what the insured value is, uh, or what you paid for it? And let's look at some comparable houses around you to see. And, you know, I say we, we always do that, and they're going to leave. They're, they're not unhappy when they leave anyway. We will, if, if we can't give them some um, agreement, we're going to explain it to them where they understand what's going on. Now, a lot of times people do not, they don't understand the process. You know, they, I keep saying that we track the market value. We don't determine the taxes. Your taxing authorities determine those taxes. Now they come in. The first thing they say is, you know, we, well, we don't, we're not, we don't have a problem with the value. The value's right. We just don't like the taxes. Well, it, you know, the, the taxing authorities is what handles the taxes part of it. But we will look at your value, determine if the value is correct, and make sure that they have all their exemptions they're entitled to. Okay. Thank you very much. Mr. Hampton, how have you dealt with the situation, or have you had a, an opportunity to deal with a situation where a taxpayer was unable to pay their property tax? Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, my biggest thing is I don't want anybody, anyone, to lose their property on a mistake or something that we have made here. When I say that, is sometimes taxes will get behind and uh, I always tell my people, you make sure that we didn't make a mistake, have them way over-assessed on something that they, you know, they couldn't afford to pay. That's one of the main things that I try to look at. Now, for the most part, there, there is people that do lose their property due to not paying taxes. Now, I don't get into all that. Uh, the tax collector is the one who collects your taxes and can work out what uh, they have payment plans. Uh, you can pay in quarters and such like that. Now, I do know, uh, I personally know our tax collector, uh, Kyle Keene down there, and he does work with the taxpayers to do whatever possible to, to get their taxes paid, uh, especially on a, on a timely basis. But the um, when it comes to, you know, back taxes and such as that, there's a whole process where people, you know, are are buying certificates on a piece of property, and that's what I'm talking about where uh, we always double-check to make sure that our stuff is accurate. And if it is wrong, we go back and we fix it. We own up to it and we'll fix it, and we'll send our paperwork to the Department of Revenue to show that we were wrong on the value, and uh, a lot of times that does get, get worked out. But... Um, when someone comes in here, we do send them down to the tax collector, but after we look at it and determine that there was no mistakes made here and there's nothing that we can really do about it, then we send them down to the tax collector, and um, he normally takes care of everything on that part of it. Very good. Is there an age when your property tax is drastically reduced? Uh, unfortunately, there isn't. Uh, the only thing that you could you do is... You said there is uh, or there is not. Which one did there, you say? There, there, is, there, there is not, unfortunately. Oh, okay. At this time, the, uh, the only thing that it would be reduced, uh, you know, if you, if you qualify for that senior's exemption, um, that does save uh, right now. Uh, it's saving about the most is like 400 Anywhere from around two hundred to four hundred dollars off your taxes is what it's saving you now. But that's one of the uh, the main things that I hear all the time is you know our 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 elderly come in and they want you know they they're tired of paying school tax you know they'll say well we don't have no children in school well 
you don't, but, you know, maybe at one time that you did, you know, then, you know, the people 30 years ago when, when your child was in school, there was people paying school taxes, you know. So now you're paying for someone else's child, you know, in school. I reckon it's one way of looking at it, but um, just to get out of paying taxes, and, you, and when you get reach a certain age and you don't have to pay no taxes, it sounds like a good idea, and I wish there was a way they can get it to work, you know. Uh, but at this time right now, you don't have one. Gee whiz, that's not music to our ears. <laughs> yeah, that's not music to our ears. Yes. Now, if but there, um, but there is legislation. Oh, oh go on. You you go on. But there's all kinds of legislation always to dealing dealing with our senior citizens, and um, I do know one thing uh, here in Columbia County. Uh, like I said earlier, you have a county tax and your school tax. Your when it comes to the senior exemption, if you're in the county, you're exempt 50000 But if you were living in the city limits, your senior exemption is only $25,000. So, um, you know, if we could get to um, the city councilman for the Lake City here, um, you know, to get that on their agenda to maybe to look at it, but the, the exemption is only 25000 for the city of Lake City. So another twenty five thousand okay. is in is is you know is they could go up another twenty five thousand. Okay. You know, Mr. Hampton, I think a lot of a lot of people think that they cannot go to these council meetings and bring up different issues. I think they they have a fear of that. Like you mentioned, you know, presenting something before the I think you said the city council. A lot of citizens don't know that they can just walk up and put their name on the agenda and address an issue. A lot of people think they cannot do that. And I think if everyone would realize that they have that opportunity, have that privilege to address the council, uh, to address whichever group you have elected, if they know they have an opportunity to do that, I think a lot of these questions that we have would have been answered or would have been solved in a different way. Right. Yeah, I think yep. that's it. And while I'm thinking about that, if someone wanted to talk with you, Mr. Hampton, do they have to make an appointment or they can just walk in and say, I'd like to see Mr. Hampton? Believe it or not, you could just walk in. Yep, we're still a small enough county where, you know, when you come in here, you just ask for me, and, um, and most of the time I'm going to be here. And you could just walk right in. Now, most of the some of the bigger counties in the south part of the state, they, they find that unbelievable when they come in because they go down there. You know, the property appraiser's office may have 200 people on staff, and you don't ever see the property appraiser. But here in Columbia County, we're still small enough. But yeah, you can come in. Uh, we have a number of people that call ahead of time, and they just want to set up an appointment. And that's fine as well. Either one. Yes. Very good. Um, someone just phoned something in to me, and they want to know. I don't know if it's something for you to answer or for the, yeah. um, Mr. King to answer. They want to know if you have a joining property. Okay. Would yeah. the tax be cheaper? It, uh, <laughs> what, it, not necessarily cheaper, but it, it could. It could. I mean, if you have a large track and a smaller track, the smaller track tends to you generally have, uh, if it, especially we'll just, let's just look at vacant land for instance. If you had a large track of 100 acres uh, and bought maybe a five-acre track next, you know that joins it, that 100-acre track maybe we have a value of 3,000 an acre. But the smaller the amount of land, the more the price per acre goes up. You know, so if you had a piece of five acres that join it. That five acres right now, looking at the market around the county, is about fifteen thousand an acre. So, so you got three thousand an acre on hundred acres, and you got fifteen thousand acres on that five acres. So, yes, um, when you cast to join it together, uh, a lot of times we know that it's adjoining landowners. Um, we would make it equal. You know, if not. When you combine it, 
you're you're cutting your taxes three thousand acre versus fifteen. You know, so that's a huge tax break right there if you get it combined in. Um, what we're doing now is asking the people when you do want ask to have your property combined, especially if now if we're talking about a homestead parcel and you combine it, that piece that's outside of your homestead is not under that 3% cap. So when you do combine it with your homestead parcel, it puts it under that 3% cap. So it caps it as well. And something I didn't mention earlier is that, you know, the homestead parcels are capped at three, like I mentioned earlier. Everything else is capped at 10%, um, except your school value. Uh, schools are always going to get their money across the state. But, yeah, the the uh, everything else is capped at 10%. And generally, except about the last couple of years, we haven't been going up on 10%. But I would say a lot of this land and houses around here, we've exceeded around 10% the last couple of years. So to combine it with your homestead parcel is, is uh, it would make your taxes, it could make your taxes cheaper, but it definitely puts it up under that cap and saves it from going up 3% from then on. Okay, thank you. When during the year does the taxpayer expect a tax bill that would tell them when this tax is due? Okay. What, what month? Yeah, okay, the, go the, on. November the 1st is when the tax collector mails them out. Uh, he tries to stick right around November the 1st, and I believe that's all across the state as well. Somewhere around the first week of November, but I know here in Columbia, County, we uh, he tries to get them out. November the first is when they're mailed out. And prior to that, we send that trim notice out uh, that lets you know what your taxes are going to be. And that is the most perfect time to come in if you see a problem, because we still have like 25 days right there. It's it's marked on there that we can make changes before we certify the roll and give them to the tax collector. So that would be your perfect time to come in. Okay, but now suppose a person has uh, several pieces of property. They don't get their statements at the same time, right? They they get them. How do you determine when the taxes due on this piece of property, that piece of how do you de- how is that determined? No, they're they're all done at the exact same time. Every one of them goes out at the same time. Um, yes, yeah, so someone has you know. We have lots of people that own multiple pieces of property, and um, they should all get their tax bills, their notices, all about the same time. We have people come in here, and, you know, it could be the post office. Sometimes those things get lost, and they, they know what they own. So they'll come in here, and I've got all these properties, but this one at this address. And we usually just print one off, you know, then a lot of times it'll come in the mail a few days later. But we'll go ahead and print them, print them off what they need here to satisfy them. Okay, very good. Now, Mr. Hampton, you have an opportunity now to talk or explain or elaborate on anything of your choosing. This is your hour. So at this time, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you say whatever you think should be said at this time. Okay, Okay. the microphone is yours, Mr. Jeff Hampton. Oh, thank you again for having me on. And uh, I do have a couple quick things that I do want to address that we were something new for 2024. Like I said, we I done mentioned to you about the new website has all kinds of neat tools on it and uh, to help the taxpayers get through all this stuff. That's you know very confusing to them. Uh, we we kind of got it pretty simple to explain everything, and I would encourage them to to go look at it. Um, we also something new that we have here on our website that is it's not necessarily my office, but we are part of it, and it's something that's growing more and more and more is uh, property fraud. We have people, uh, you know, that they get their someone tries to take their property. You know, you get all this stuff. You hear all these horror stories where people losing their property because somebody had a deed to it or they went and. Uh, filed a mortgage on your property, you know, and, and uh, such as that. But it's a it's a huge problem all across the United States, and especially here in Florida, even here in Columbia County, we we are not a, exempt from that. And 
If you go to my website, uh, ccpafl.com, or you go to the Clerk of Court's website, the Clerk of Court is uh, Jay Swisher, and he has it on his website. He maintains this thing. And what it does is a property fraud alert registration. You go on his website, and uh, you put your a few things here on uh, maybe your email address, your name, different ways of spelling your name. Uh, maybe it, was, it could be your maiden name. There's multiple ways you put your name on there, I believe, is what it does. And if there's anything recorded here in, this, in your county here in the clerk of court's office, it triggers an email to you within 24 hours to let you know that something's been recorded to tie up your property or such as that. Uh, this here was actually went into law last year. The, uh, the state passed the law, but Jay Swisher had already had, um, he had already seen it on the horizon coming, and he had actually contacted me before the bill was even passed and, and got the ball rolling and got it already enacted. I think it don't take effect till this July, but he's already had it going for about two or three months now. And that there is, is we, we, we have the people in my office sign up for it. And um, I think one of them had paid their mortgage off or something. But what happens was as soon as it got recorded in the clerk's office, they were notified that something was recorded. And that alerts you to check it out. Um, the other thing is, is a fraud thing, but it's a, it's a touchy subject, but we're talking about homestead. Uh, one of the biggest problems that we have is homestead fraud. And we do have a place on our website, the old one and the new one, that you can report homestead fraud. It's something that we are seeing more and more of it. You know, you, t you asked earlier about how many homesteads you can have. You can only have one. But we do have people out there that try to get multiple ones across the state. And, um, you know, and, and it's not fair because you're getting a tax break. The other people aren't, you know. And there, there's penalties on that. Um, and it, it does tie up your property. It put liens on your property and such as that. But... Sometimes we find them, and um, they're by mistake, you know, where someone passed away and we missed it, where uh, maybe a couple years down the road we find it. And, the, and those situations are different than when someone intentionally is trying to do homestead fraud. And we, we, we do find them here rarely, and uh, I'm sure that it's more and more rampant in the bigger counties. But um, we do have a, a way on there that you can report it because we don't catch everything, but the people, their neighborhoods and such as that, they know what's going on in their own neighborhood and uh, who owns piece of property and are they renting it out, you know, receiving homestead and such as that. But other than that, that's about it. Um, I do appreciate asking me on here again. And uh, other than that, that's about all I have. Well, thank you. You have really extended our knowledge and we appreciate the fact that you took time from your business schedule to come on this podcast to tell Columbia County, Lake City, uh, the whole world about things that we need to know about tax. And I think that we are more educated now, and we appreciate your, your um, attitude and making us more relaxed. Now, so we, when we pay our tax, we have a, a better feel about the, do, what I said, the do, donation. We better feel about where it is going. And we also thank you for allowing us to, to come to your office or any office down there with any question that we have. You made it very comfortable for us, and we appreciate you. And you continue to be wonderful. And you continue to be you, Mr. Hampton, because guess what? No one else qualifies. And you be blessed. Do you have anything closing that you would like to say? I just want to thank you again for having me on. And uh, anytime we can help you or any of the citizens here in Columbia County, um, feel free to call, come in. And uh, if one of our staff can't answer the questions, we will get someone here to answer your questions for you. And if, you know, anything we could do to help, 
Uh, we have lots of resources here in the office. It may not have anything to do with your taxes or your value, but we have good records of, of past owners, you know, old documents to deal with property and such as that, and uh, just dealing with property lines and, you know, stuff like that with your neighbors and stuff like that. We have all kinds of resources, so we're, we're willing to help anytime we can do we can help a taxpayer. We're going to do it because I mean, it's, it's their tax dollar that supports this office, and uh, anything we could do, we work for them, and we're going to do it. Well, thank you very much for the great closing, and you continue to be successful. You continue to be wonderful, and as I said earlier, continue to be you because nobody else qualified. Continue to have a blessed day. Thank Goodbye. You. Bye bye.